Hey, Fantastic fans, I have to tell you about the absolute best purchase I've made this summer. If you're going to spend any time outside, then listen up because Ape Sportswear is for you. Ape is the highest quality training and athletic shirts around. They've even developed their own fabric made from polyamid yarn technology. It's everything I need. Quick drying and comfortable. And if you're like me and don't like wearing heavy shirts, it's literally the lightest shirt I own. Plus, it offers both 25% and 50% UV protection from the sun. That's 100% a no-brainer. I loved mine so much, I ended up buying a long sleeve for mom and a matching short sleeve for my doubles partner. But that's not even the best part. Ape Sportswear donates $1 for every shirt sold to the Guarapuva Association in Brazil, which is a volunteer organization that helps kids through athletics in their community, which is pretty fantastic. Ape Sportswear is giving fantastic tennis listeners 15% off their first purchase. Just go to their website, apesportswear.com, and enter the promotion code FAN15APE. That's FAN15APE. With Ape Sportswear, you can perform better and make a difference. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. I mean, they always have a big mouth. They always talk a lot. So, <laughs> it happened before, it's going to happen again. Hey, fantastic fans. Welcome to our very special Wimbledon 2021 preview episode. I'm your host, John Garica. And today, we take out our tennis magnifying glasses and try our very best to predict the unpredictable. And that's predicting the insanity that's about to ensue at the All England Club. We couldn't all be there, so I put together the next best thing. I've enlisted some familiar superfans from our fantastic tennis family to help me preview and break down the draws and predict how our favorite players will fare in the world's most famous tennis tournament. And even better than that, we even have some eyes on the grassy ground as we'll be joined by two-time Wimbledon quarterfinalist and fresh off her recent semifinal finish in Birmingham, the fantastic Coco Vandewey. Today's going to be a lot of fun. I'm fresh out of strawberries and cream at home, but I did make myself a Pimm's cocktail just to kind of get me, uh, get, I'm already done with it, which is not a good sign for today, I think. <laughs> um, joining me to comb through these draws, I've enlisted two tennis fans that just like Coco Vandewey, love themselves some grass court tennis. It's my very good friends, John Sloan and Jonas Sobel. Hey guys, thanks for joining the Wimbledon episode. John, thanks for having us. Honored and happy to be here. Yay! I know you guys are excited as I am, so that's why I had to have you guys on today. This is going to be fun. I can't believe it's been since 2019 since our last Wimbledon. It is unfathomable to me. I just Literally, it's so crazy. It feels a lot longer than two years, doesn't it? It's been so long that the defending ladies doubles champion is already retired. That's how long it's been. It's been too long. <laughs> I know. It feels longer than that. Wow. I know. Two years. Before we get started today, I kind of have to get on the same page with you guys. I need to know... John, I'm going to start with you. What is your favorite Wimbledon match of all time? Dying to know. Whoa. Favorite Wimbledon match. It was actually the first time I ever watched tennis on TV in my life. It was, <laughs> you're not going to believe this. I loved Arantxa sanchez Vicario when I was a kid because Bud Collins kept calling her the Bumblebee. Yeah, Barcelona Bumblebee, of course. Yes, and I loved her because he called her that. But it was her and Steffi in the finals, I think, of, God, maybe it wasn't the finals because it was like an 89. No, they, they played in the final. Oh, maybe not 89, but yeah. Yeah, 89 or 90 when they played then. That was my first Wimbledon memory. But we have a whole thing now. We'll all come over and eat strawberries and cream on the finals and, you know, all that stuff. It's my favorite time of year. Same. Oh, me too. <laughs> Jonah, what's your favorite Wimbledon match of all time? 
Yeah, similar to John's, actually. It's to my first time I remember watching tennis on TV. It was so memorable that it hooked me into being a permanent tennis fan, I think. Serena was playing Hatsikova in the 2007 Wimbledon fourth round on Manic Monday. And Serena, after winning the first set, started having her calf cramp. And ESPN showed the close-up 85 times in the span of 20 minutes. Uh, And... Then there was a rain delay and then there was just drama and then Serena somehow came back and won. And it was just so inspiring that I remember I couldn't turn back from tennis since. Oh man. I talked about this one. My memory is I had uh, Zena Garrison on the show. I was such a little kid and I remember my first time ever watching uh, a Wimbledon match too. And I remember waking up early in the morning, turning on the television and being glued to Navratilova Garrison, 1990 Wimbledon. I'll never forget it. I had chills talking to Zena because it was just, it was so amazing. So, well, thanks for sharing that because now I'm feeling all the love. (laughs) And speaking of love, I want to welcome back a player and a friend of the show that we all love and are huge fans of. If you've been following her progress on social media, you all know it's been a hell of a road for her this past year. But it seems the grass court season has given this former world number nine confidence and not allergies. And if you haven't heard her episode of Fantastic Tennis, go back, grab yourself a nice large cocktail and not a bowl of soup and take a listen. Because if you do, you'll be cheering her on big time for the next two weeks. It's two-time Wimbledon quarterfinalist, Coco Vandeweghe. Coco, what's up? Hey, John. I am slowly losing my mind in this bubble. Not going to lie. It it hasn't been as easy as I thought it would be coming back into tennis. That's for sure with the bubble life and all. Totally. Uh, I'm so happy to see you. And it's it's so great what you've been doing. We're going to talk about your killer run in Birmingham in a second. But first, I have to say how awesome you've been with supporting our show. You're one of our very first guests that we had before people had even heard of us. And I want everyone to know out there that you are super genuine. And you've stayed in touch with me and with John Sloan, who was on your episode. You even took some of his workout classes and you sent him for Christmas your Fed Cup jersey, which, I mean, you're taking fandom to a new level. This is amazing. I feel like I've known you forever now, for sure. So I want to thank you for hanging with us today. You're always welcome. And Jonah, you were on the Dasha Gavrilova episode. She really, if you're listening, Dasha, you need to step it up because he hasn't received Dashlets. He hasn't gotten anything. (laughs) So Coco V right now with the first set when it comes to fans. So I'm just saying. um, Oh, man. Uh, Coco, what's the update? I know you talked about the bubble. What's bubble life like right now? Probably this bubble life has been the most strict one that I've been a part of out of, I've played every English event so far. I started in Nottingham and it was kind of the UK, I guess, or the LTA staff. I'm not sure who, who funds it or who runs it when they put the security in, but they were kind of learning the ropes. There was a mass police inside, which was very annoying when you're just sitting there like at a couch talking and relaxing and like drinking water here and there. And they're like, mask up all the way, cover that nose, you know, that sort of thing. But it's their job. But I think they figured it out. They've allowed more than two people now in a locker room out of, you know, a draw of 128. So <laughs> we're baby step in this process. But I, I mean, all jokes aside, I, I am so thankful to be playing again. And as much as some of the things do irk me of, of what is happening, I wouldn't pass it up to not play. And a lot of takeout, I'm sure, too, right? <laughs> lot, my my Uber Eats bill is insane. I, I don't even want to look at it. You get a per diem, though, right? Come on, at least. <laughs> You've been playing really steady tennis this summer. Your form is getting to the level that we all love and we've loved watching it. We knew it was going to be just a matter of time, Coco. I mean, 
Can we talk about Birmingham? You made the semifinals last week with some huge wins coming out of qualifying. What was it about Birmingham that really started clicking for you on the grass? It was actually quite interesting playing in Birmingham. I haven't been there uh, in three years. Uh, it's it been a while, but it's still, it's kind of like riding a bike. I mean, you show up and you see the same courts, you see the same kind of locker room, hangout, lunch area, and you just kind of get into the rhythm of everything. And Birmingham, I love, there's this uh, sweet lady, Carol, who helps run everything smoothly for us players. She, she doesn't worry so much about the tournament. It's just mainly what we need. So, you know, uh, my Kyle, yeah. but my Kyle, Kyle. Um, flew in. Oh, good. He's there. He's here. And he flew in, got him from the airport, made my life super easy with all that, which, you know, most tournament personnel don't have to do. So I love coming back. She's come to Wimbledon to support me. So it's like, I love these tournaments that have like my own little family niche, like right there. That's, I think that's what helps me just relax and do so well that I know that there are people looking out for me and taking care of me. Go Carol. Come on. Right. Kudos to Carol. Yeah. Carol's awesome. <laughs> Watching you, you know, I was obsessed all week because the wins, you just started playing so well and you just kept playing better. Was there a match in particular last week that maybe your mindset was like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm really starting to get back to where I, I, I want to be. Probably against Tom Janovich. Yeah. Qualifying is never easy. I haven't done that in a long time. And to relearn kind of just the silly things that you have to do for qualifying. You have to sign in on Friday before 5 p.m. and remember to do that. And sign in is literally you go in and do your signature and you walk out the door and then you wait to see if you got into the draw and where it is and all that sort of thing. And and then uh, I got to open center court and get all my accolades named out. And I, that, I hadn't heard that in a long while. It was just kind of like deja vu of like, well, I remember how to do this. Like this is kind of getting familiar. and. When I got out there and played Isla, I lost the first set serving to stay in the first set at four five. I threw in like randomly two or three double faults. I can't even remember how many there were, but I, definitely two. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> what just happened here? Like, I, I remember sitting on the sideline and I could look across the stadium and see where Craig, my coach is sitting. And I was like, just facepalm moment. Uh, and he's like the same and he's, and we were having jokes through the whole event of we're slowly like deteriorating, like in different ways. And my thing, I get little cuts on my fingers. They like split for some reason. I need, I need to lather up more is basically the moral of the story, but I had a cut that was starting to bleed and He's like, you know, that's a very slow way to get yourself, you know, really in six feet under. Okay. <laughs> like we were going so morbid because we had nothing else <laughs> to really joke about. So <laughs> I'm sorry if this is a trigger and like, if people don't find this funny, but there's so little that is entertaining <laughs> in all this, like seeing tennis players doing tennis things and then going back to your hotel room that Craig and I have known each other so long that I was like, Craig, I'm going to take this backhand and pimp hand you so hard. <laughs> some of this isn't funny to some people. Well, thank God Kyle's there now. Thank goodness Kyle has arrived because, you know, let's give Craig. And then it, and then it all went to Kyle from underneath. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Have you been on the Wimbledon grounds yet? Have you, have you started practicing? Are you there? What's the, what's the eyes on the ground? Yes. Yes. I've been here for two days. I um, had my first hit on the championship courts. We're allowed one hit for whole championships before it starts to hit on the actual match courts. So I hit with Allison Risk, good friend of mine. Grass court goat. 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I know how to pick them. We had a good practice play to set. Um, and the match courts are a bit slower than the practice at Orangi, but that's pretty apparent because they get no play. So grass gets faster as you play and the grass gets shorter and becomes dirt eventually, as you see at the baseline. So Orangi's a little bit ahead of that since it's been getting so much practice and play. Uh, I have a practice with Ash tomorrow, Barty. So get some matches and then I play Tuesday. Yeah, the draws came out. I I know you're not a big fan of looking at the draw, but does Craig go right now and does he do the research and come comes back to you with Intel? And is that how the relationship works for you guys? Yeah, so he gets his knowledge. I look at film and stuff like that. And we kind of reconvene and, and see what each other thinks and say, okay, you're stupid, I'm stupid. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> but I played Olga before at World Team Tennis. Uh, that's the, probably the most recent I played her for a few games. I got subbed in for Christina mid-match, Mikhail. And so I played her, I think it was like three games. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's not easy playing someone that's gone through qualifying. They've played three matches. They've gone through um, a little bit of torture doing it because it's not easy. I've qualified for Wimbledon one time and it's at a completely different site. It's at Roehampton College and the courts are not as nice. The facilities aren't as nice, um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to playing again. It's been it's been a minute since I've been on the Wimbledon grounds. We're excited for Tuesday, for sure. John, what do you think? What are we, what are we liking right now? What's the vibe? Because I know you're a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, duh. And me and Coco roll deep these days. Well, I will say I didn't get to watch the whole match against Kasatkina, but when I did walk in, she was down 5-1, I think. And then the second I started watching, <laughs> she just reeled off four games in a row, lightning winners. I, we were connecting. And then what? Did you go to the bathroom or something at 5-4? Then, I mean, come on. What, what happened here? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I went to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom. Completely <laughs> blowing it for me. Completely blowing it for me. <laughs> All right. So hopefully we can be a little better during the U.S. Open series. We can be there and support and we can make sure she wins, you know, four or five titles. But um, we want you to feel good and feel these vibes about Wimbledon. So what's your favorite all-time Wimbledon memory? I'd love to know. You've played two quarters. Oh. We played the fourth round. Is there one match or one moment that you just think back and you say, okay, I'm getting these vibes back. This is what I want to feel. <laughs> There's very fun memories at Wimbledon. I what what I do miss is being in Wimbledon Village and staying. It's one of the few tournaments we get to stay in our own housing. And I like to walk literally right across the street to the courts. And that doesn't happen at all. Like I walk in the masses and I go through my gate and I'm in to Arangi. So that's probably the one thing I'm missing about Wimbledon. But I think my favorite memory I ever had, I was warming up for my match, my first quarterfinal match against Maria. And I uh, was sitting there and all of a sudden, Boris comes in and he's like, Boris Becker, and he says, listen, my only advice is you take the closest chair to the player box. Wow. That's my only advice. Like, okay, got it. Got it, Boris. I'm going. So the regular people locker room is downstairs and the champions one is upstairs. And then you get that famous long hallway that you go through that they always film. And, and then you go back down the stairs to get to center court. So I have to meet Maria upstairs. So I get up there. I'm absolutely like completely shitting myself. <laughs> I mean, for lack of a better term. <laughs> and oh, I go gosh. up there and I, I'm feeling confident though, but I'm I'm definitely very nervous, very nervous. So go up there and of course, like gotta wait. She's not ready. And they're putting pressure on her to get out of the locker room, the champion's locker room. And then finally she 
takes an inside corner and gets in front of me, walks out on court first. That's the one tournament they don't call your names and you get announced onto court, just walk. And she took that first chair <laughs> and I had to take the second chair. But that that was, that was probably one of the, the funnier memories that I had in such a serious moment of like, gosh, I just, I had one job here. I had one job. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I love that story. You've had some great wins. I mean, you've beaten Muguruza at Wimbledon. You've beaten Wozniacki, Allison Risk. I mean, this is where you excel. I mean, I'm so excited for this week. Wrapping up, I know you're you're playing doubles with Sam Stoser, another legend. We're so excited about it too. Um, Are you playing mixed, Coco? No, I'm not playing mixed. I didn't see the point and I don't really like doing it at, at Wimbledon. It's last time I played mix was with one of my favorites, Horia Takao, a Romanian guy. We made the finals of Australia together and he hit me um, off a return in the face. So, I mean, it's, wow. it's, it's, it's a bit, that's probably the last time I played mix at Wimbledon, but it's, it's too much tennis with the rain here. It's, it's, it can get really backed up and doubles is plenty for me. I've played doubles here pretty much every year. I think I made third round or fourth round with Annalena Grunfeld. Good. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's it's fun. It's it's a lot of tennis here at Wimbledon with the rain. It is. You get another rematch. Did you see your draw? I won't spoil it if you... In, in doubles? Your doubles draw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Putin, Seva, and uh, Linskaya. I like Anna. Anna's awesome. She's a cool chick. Her, her coach, Patricia Terabini, is an old coach from San Diego. So she's... Oh, yeah. Great player. Really good. And a, play, a former player herself. So, yeah. We've practiced a bunch, Anna and I. Okay. So the hard balls are, are not going to Anna. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> That's obvious for anyone that knows anything about tennis I know, and, I and my it. tennis life. <laughs> <laughs> what's left for the rest of the summer for you after Wimbledon? So we have something to look forward to. What's uh, what's the plan? So we can all come out and watch you in the States. Um, San Jose, which I haven't heard if that's uh, closed or open. I think it's going to be open since California is open. Yeah. Hopefully I'll be playing qualities of Cincinnati. Uh, right now they have not announced if Montreal is happening. And then US Open right now I'm slotted in qualities. So that's the plan. So hopefully, and US Open's going to be open. So I plan on everyone being there. Yeah. Well, Coco, we love you so much. And thanks for joining today. Um, we'll be cheering you on for sure. <laughs> We need, we need the AIM like door close like sound effect when, when I sign off and you guys continue the draw. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, girl. I'll text you later. <laughs> Thank you guys for bringing reality back to my life. <laughs> this is awesome. Oh, I'm, I'm excited to see you. some friendly faces. Crush it this week, Coco. Thanks, guys. Hey, fantastic fans. I'm sure you're just like me and can't wait to get out and play some tennis this summer. I just read a study released this year Four million more people have played tennis last year than the year before. Take that pandemic. That's a lot of new faces on the courts and the U.S. Tennis Association of New England wants to celebrate those people in a big way. If you're listening out there and love seeing our fantastic sport grow, join the USTA New England in their I Am A Tennis Player campaign all summer long. The goal is to show that anyone can pick up a racket and hit the courts. When you're out playing this summer, please post your photos on social media and use the hashtag I am a tennis player. Let's see if we can bring some more people into our great sport together. 
All right, guys, I want to jump right into the madness and break down the draws because I think it's going to be a crazy Wimbledon. At least I hope it is. Can we start with the men's draw? Because I feel like we all kind of want the same thing. I think it's going to be a little more straightforward. So maybe let's just kind of start with the top half. Novak Djokovic opens against the British wildcard Jack Draper. Does anyone know Jack Draper, by the way? He has a modeling contract with like IMG, yeah. Oh, I had no idea. I know he made waves this week. I know he beat Yannick Sinner this week. He beat uh, Bublik this week. So yeah, I was like, okay. Plus his name sounds like he'd be like the romantic interest in a Scarlett Johansson movie, right? It's like just a good old... Uh, Novak Sign has not played up. on the grass since the French Open title. What do you guys think? Did he even need to though? John, did, did Novak even need to play on grass this season to, to maybe possibly win this title? All my money's on him. Silly not to. He's unbeatable right now. If he can beat Rafa like that on clay, I don't think there's any stopping him. Yeah, agreed. Uh, you know, he did play doubles in Mallorca this week with someone named Carlos Gomez Herrera, and he withdrew in the finals. Anyway, I, I thought that was pretty odd. But um, I don't think he needs to. Yeah, why did he play with him? Djokovic said that he that his doubles partner in Mallorca was really good friends with his brother, who also used to play challengers. Ah, well, there we go. Thanks for that insight, Jonah. Looking at Novak's section, do we think anyone's looming that really could challenge him before the semifinals? Looking at, I know we have the draws in front of us right now. What are we thinking? I personally think that Davidovich Fokina is a little injured. Otherwise, he'd be a fantastic opponent uh, to potentially take Novak to five sets in the third round. But I think Yannick Sinner might not have the experience yet to really take Novak a long way. But that being said, I think it's a little cushier draw for Novak. Yeah, for sure. I think Kudla is going to come through in that first round, though, and play him in the third. Oh, go Dennis. Okay, yeah. No, I'd love to see that, too. You know, I'd really love to see, you know, that popcorn match with Momfi and Djokovic, even though the head-to-head is 17-1 to Djokovic. I mean, it's not going to be, you know, anything grand. I wouldn't give our hopes up there, but uh, I always root for Gael. You know, I always want him to kind of do something big before he goes. I do, too. There'll be a tough second round with him and Kevin Anderson, too, though, potentially. Agreed. Any first-round upsets, we think, looking at that section right now? Just Kudla for me. Yeah, I see Kudla. If we scroll down, I mean, we're looking at um, a potential quarter right there with Rublev as well. Fognini, you know, this isn't his surface. Do we, does anyone think Benoit Paire can beat Schwartzman in the first round? I kind of always root for him. Maybe with the crowd. Benoit loves a crowd, so it could. it's definitely possible. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. anything's possible, <laughs> right? Okay, let's good. Let's move on to section two, guys. This quarter is, you know, a lot more interesting, uh, I would say. In my opinion, it's wide open. Lots of grass court specialists here. Based on the seeds, it should be Sitsipas versus Batisto Agut, uh, who quietly made the 2019 Wimbledon semifinals which most of us probably have forgotten at this point too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pass has only made the fourth round of Wimbledon back in 2018, but he just made his first Grand Slam final in Paris. John, do we like his draw to get a rematch with Novak in the semifinals? Uh, I'm going to pick Bautista Agu again in there. He's, he loves grass. His game, he's got a short backswing. He's such a pretty, pretty traditional game to me. Um, I see him kind of breaking through again. Wow, I love, okay. That's, a, that's bold. Yeah. I love it. All right. That's good. Um, Jonah, anything in this section, anything that stands out to you? I mean, any, yeah, I I see a potential third rounder between Deminor and Evans going a very long way. I think Deminor just won a third set tiebreaker against Sonigo and showed that he is 
someone that should be in the conversation. So I'd love to see him play one of the Brits that are currently confident and see what that match may look like. This is a really interesting section of the draw because it has Andy Murray. Do either of you think Andy Murray wins this match, his first round against Bastosvili? I mean, I don't know if I'd wager five tequila shots on it, but uh. I'm feeling <laughs> I'm feeling at least a good first round match here. Is anybody with me? I would make you really happy if he won. I hope so. I think so. I- yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, you know, he's our favorite Scotsman. We always want the best for Andy Murray. You know, he's he's so cool. We love yeah. him, you know, Wimbledon champion. Uh, I do I do really hope for him to to kind of move on. But like you said, Jonah, you have Demonor, the 15th seed is in this section as well, playing so great. Feliciana Lopez, three-time Wimbledon quarterfinalist in this section. He'd just be catching off in Mallorca. Riley Opelka in this section. Sebastian Corda, Dan Evans, like you just mentioned. I'm going to say my first round upset in this section, it's going to be Corda over Diminor. That's going to be my big pick. I see Sebastian as a great ambassador to American tennis moving forward. Jonah, what do we think of the Corda vibe? I think Corda is, I mean, after a disappointing French Open, which makes sense because he had just won his the, the titles uh, right before the French Open. I think he's more rested and he had a, a great week in Halle a couple weeks ago. And I mean, for me, if I was to choose an upset, I think Cole Schreiber has it over Shapovalov. Oh, you know, I'm down for that. He's a wily veteran. You know, let's do it. John, in this section, who, who are we thinking that's going to come out of here? Who, what's your gut telling you? In the second section, Bautista Augusto. But I, I'm happy to see this uh, a Chinese man in the main draw. I don't know how many times that's happened in Wimbledon because the women have been doing so well, but I'm happy to see a Chinese guy in there. Yeah, good job, Zhang. I mean, qualified for Wimbledon. I'm sure yeah. he's uh, he's very excited. Let's move on to section three in this section. It's totally next-gen section. Uh, or Maybe we can call it the Curios Corner, I would say, maybe. This is going to be very interesting. You have recent Queens Club champion Matteo Berrettini as the highest seed in this section, slated to play Zverev in the quarter. I feel pretty straightforward personally that this is probably going to happen based on form, but I'm super glued to the television with Kyrgios' return. Um, <laughs> did you guys see he's playing mixed with Venus? I love that. I can't wait. I mean, that's what the tennis world needs, right? We need like, uh, uh, you know, this crazy pairing that's going to create fireworks. I love that. That's great. I'm glad she's doing that. I'm hoping I see Venus in Riley Opelka's box. Oh, will we? I wonder if that romance is still going strong <laughs> in the in the bubble. I wonder. Let's see. I'm looking at this section with Berrettini and Zverev. Any potential dark horses you see kind of looming in this section of the draw? You always have Isner. Yeah, I have PTSD when I see Isner in a Wimbledon draw. So, <laughs> Jonah, what do you think? Any any dark horses here? Yeah, I you know I'm a huge fan of Brandon Nakashima after watching him just dominate world team tennis. And Taylor Fritz just had knee surgery less than a month ago, <laughs> which. I mean, I've been tracking his recovery, which is, I guess, for him is included four hours of just intense rehab every single day. And to be ready to compete on one of the world's biggest stages within less than a month after surgery is something I'm going to want to keep an eye on, hoping he stays in one place after that match. I'm honestly really happy he's back trying to play at this point. I mean, I, I'm looking at Felix in this draw as well. Nick Kyrgios, he tweeted as well this past week. He said, uh, sheesh, not you again, mate. You know, that's going to be a tough task in that first round to beat Ugo Humbert. He's the 21st seed. So uh, this is my favorite section of the draw, really. I think this is the, the section that can really do a lot of damage. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Let's, let's move on to this next section. This is the section of hope. This is what I'm looking at. It's Roger's section. John, do we think we can make it out of here alive? What are we thinking? Uh, fingers crossed. I hope so. 
hope he stays healthy, and I think it would make the whole world happy to see him win again. Oh, for sure. He has to play Menorino in the first round. He has Gasquet, maybe even Luca Pui in the third round. So he has to get through the Davis Cup French team to to make it to that round. But um, looking forward, possibly the 23rd seed, Sunego. I mean, that's uh, that's going to be a tough match as well. He just made the finals in Mallorca. I mean, uh, Jonah, what do you think of Federer's draw to make the quarters? Do we love it? Do we like it? Would we marry it? I'm scared, to be honest, for Federer. I know that Manorino prefers grass, and I know that Gasquet is a former Wimbledon semifinalist. So, and then you have Luca Pui, who hasn't had the best result just uh, recently, but has experience with being in a semifinal and a Grand Slam at the Australian Open a few years ago. Obviously, Federer loves grass, and he's going to love playing back at a place that he's had the most success with is in his entire career. So, it should be really fascinating. Yeah, I'm going to call Sam Query over Karina Busta. That's my pick in this round. Sam's playing so well right now. I think he's back from that Russian jet and he's just kind of settled into his practice right now in the grass. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm loving that. Does anyone want to say that Roger doesn't get out of this section? I don't think he does. You don't think he does. John, are you with me? Uh, yeah, I do think he does. I hope he does. Fingers crossed. I think he does too. I think he does. In the bottom, you have uh, Medvedev. He just won uh, his event. Chilich, he has a, a tough first round though. Really tough first round. Chilich just won a grass court tournament too. I mean, this is going to be a tough, a tough section. What about these young guns here in this? I don't want to be greedy, but um, you know, I really want Federer to kind of play. I don't know, like Marcos Giron. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Verdasco. That's, t- that's the toughest section in the whole draw to me, for sure. The, yeah. bottom, the bottom quarter. <laughs> okay. Anybody call Struf over Medvedev? That's ballsy. It's tough. Obviously, Jan Leonard just had a great win over Medvedev in Halle, and Medvedev follows that up with a tournament victory. So you wonder, with all those intangibles in place, what that square down is going to look like. I mean, something that also really catches my eye is Musetti versus Hercats. I think with Hubert having a little bit of a dip in form after winning Miami and then Musetti having an incredible French Open by winning those first two tiebreak sets against Novak. It'll be really fascinating to see how those two different styles of play come together. Okay. Upset alerts from Jonah there. So, um, all right, guys, I, you know, before we wrap up with the men, um, I kind of want to hear your fantasy final. Two players from your heart that you are really going to be rooting for the next two weeks. And then maybe two players with your head, maybe a little more odds maker picks. Jonah, I'll start with you. What's your fantasy men's final? Mm, probably ooh, Tommy Paul. Playing against <laughs> um, okay. Christian Green. If I had to choose my heart, those would be the two I would choose. Okay. And your head? <laughs> my head? Okay. I would probably have to go with uh, Pass playing in the final against Medvedev. Wow. Okay. All right. There's the call. John, what are you thinking? What's your fantasy men's final? Uh, Roger and Andy. Oh, yeah. The whole tennis world would be happy so would england also mine yeah right also mine yeah me too and what's your what's your head telling you uh novak and probably i mean god maybe medvedev this might be where he breaks through so one and two at the end okay well there we go there's the men's draw let's move on to the ladies draw let's jump right into it for the 2021 wimbledon championships i'm super excited all right, we're gonna start with a match that will 100. percent I think it. I think you already told me, Jonah. It's gonna. It was already announced. It's gonna be on center court. Top seed Ash Barty against sentimental favorite Carla Suarez Navarro. Both Ash and Carla made the fourth round back in 2019. Carla played some great tennis in Paris against Sloan. John, do you think she has a shot against Ash at all? Uh, uh, 
I want to say yes, but I don't think she does. I don't think she does. But fingers crossed, though. I love Carla, um, but Ash is just too good. Yeah, I mean, the problem with Ash is that she hasn't played since the French Open, since she retired from that That's match against too. Lynette in the second round. So there's so many question marks about Ash, you know, that's the tough part. Based on the seedings, it's going to be Ash versus newly crowned French Open champ Barbara Kajakova in the fourth round. But we know WT tennis is never that simple. Oh. So <laughs> <laughs> we have some great champions in this section. Obviously, two-time Wimbledon quarterfinalist Coco Vandeweghe is back in the mix yeah. with her big run in Birmingham. Woo we have my girl Andrea Pekovic, who saves up all her volleys and slices for Wimbledon. <laughs> this is when she hits them all. She has a, a whole a whole pack in her arsenal. So there's some damage to be done. Jonah, who else in this section, in your opinion, who has the best shot uh, coming out of this top section? So I'm going to go with a complete wild card choice of Bianca Andreescu here. She's never played at Wimbledon before, and she hasn't had the best lead up. But that being said, I feel like she's finally healthy. She's finally able to play her own game. She didn't have the best French Open where she lost to Zidenchik, but then she's getting a chance at revenge in first round where she'll play Cornet. There was a very dramatic match where it happened on Bianca's birthday that involved the singing happy birthday on the court after Bianca lost. And Cornet even joined in the birthday singing, which would make me want to play her again at Wimbledon and try to win 6-0-6-0 against her. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. John, anybody in that very top section? You have Sevastova, you have Kostya, Siniakova's in there. Yeah. What are we thinking? Yeah, there's a lot of dark horses in here. Ostapenko's in the finals this weekend of a tournament. Um, she's playing lights out too. I think Cornet is going to win that match against Andreescu, to be honest with you. Coco against Ash in the third round. There's a lot of popcorn matches in this section. Well, let's keep talking about the section because I, you know, we, we were talking about the very top section, but that next section with Azarenka, you have Kasakina, like Jonah just mentioned, Andreescu and Kontavit. I mean, so many great players in that section as well. I am a little nervous about Ostapenko playing Fernandez in the first round. You know, I, I don't want to let down there because Layla is so good. I do love when Ostapenko is winning. I do see potentially that being an issue, but um, I really see Vika coming out of this section of the draw. That's going to be my pick for sure. John, who's your pick in this section, you'd say? Vika okay. as well, actually. Vika or Ash to go through. All right. I think that's, um, those are solid. I mean, obviously with the heart, we want Coco, you know, she's playing great. Yeah. Obviously I want Coco. Never count out the attitude, never count out the forehand, never count out the volley, never count out the serve. So I, I'm excited about this top section. I am kind of, you know, there's, I think it's pretty straightforward looking at it on paper, but um, you know, Kiki Burton's too, you know, I'd love for her to, to win a couple matches. It's her last Wimbledon. I, I don't know. Her last you one. know, her last one, you know, who knows? Maybe Samantha Murray, wins the whole section, you know, <laughs> that could happen too. Cause it's, you know, it'll be Blinkova versus Samantha Murray. I think in that, <laughs> uh, you know, that'll just like maybe prove to the world that we, we have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> Let's move on to Svitolina's portion of the draw. This section is for me a thousand percent unpredictable. I have no clue. All names could potentially cause an upset here. You have Camilla Georgie playing great on grass when she's thumping the hell out of that ball. Muhova's in this section as well. Anisimova won a few matches this week. Pavlyuchenkova's back after the French Open. This is a tough section with some good first round matches. John, what match stands out to you the most as a potential upset in this section? In the first round? Yeah, in the first round. Van Oytvank is great on grass too against Fidelina. <sighs> God, so is Zhang. Shui Zhang's awesome on grass. That might be my upset pick against Mukova. Okay. Uh, Jonah, who are you picking? Oh, man. I mean, I think Paula Badosa has been playing incredible tennis. Her forehand is lethal. 
So I, it'd be really interesting to see how she takes her great form from the French into this tournament. I think that she could definitely beat Spitalina. Okay. I, I, I kind of agree with John. I don't see Spitalina even coming out of that third round. I think my upset special, Van Oindvank, she just won a $100,000 challenger in Nottingham. She's playing great on grass again. She loves the surface. I think there's my first round match there. In this next section, though, you have For four sure. players that just, uh, I don't see anyone else coming out of this section no. and making the third round. It's going to be Benchich and Goff, Kerber and Williams for me. Does anyone disagree? Anyone else see anyone coming out of that? I personally think that Anaconda has played some incredible qualifying matches and could give the Bad Omberg champ Kerber uh, some trouble in the second round. Okay, interesting. Can we look at the potential Kerber versus Serena matchup for a moment? Angelique is a Wimbledon champion, just won her event in Bad Homburg. She's beaten Serena. Actually, the last time they played each other was 2018, that Wimbledon final. Can either of you admit that you're kind of worried about this matchup for Serena? No, I'm not worried. I'm, I'm honestly not worried at all. I would be worried if it was the final. I'd be worried as hell. But it's the third round. Serena's going to cruise, I think, because she gets in her own head at finals. But I think anything prior to that, she's on cruise control. Interesting. It's a 6-3 head-to-head. Jonah, you said you're a little worried for this matchup right now? I am slightly worried. I think that Kerber got a lot of confidence from that semifinal match against Kvitova, 7-6 in the third, this week in Bad Omberg. And winning that trophy shows that she's in form. And uh, she could peak right in time for that third round against Serena. Well, she's a former number one Wimbledon champion. You can never count her out either. Jonah, who are you liking coming out of this section if you had to pick one name? I can't go against Serena. It's just kind of who I am. <laughs> yeah, I think all three of us are going to be on the same page there. You know, we're looking for Serena to come out of that section. John, you disagree? No? No, totally. Okay. Svitolina, did she get to the semis last time, 19? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. yeah. She, I mean, don't count her out either, but Serena for sure. Let's look at this third section altogether. You know, based on seeds, it could be Pliskova versus Kennan getting out of this section, but I would bet 10 tequila shots that is absolutely not going to happen. Um, <laughs> I see this section being wide open, maybe a first-time semifinalist, I think, in this section, if Petra is not 100%. I'll never count out Petra Kvitova out of any match, especially at Wimbledon. There's a lot of question marks and a lot of giants in this section. Uh, most interesting matchup for me, obviously, it's the barn burner. It's Kvitova versus versus Sloan Stevens. These are two of your favorites, John. Terrible draw. What do you think about this matchup? Did you scream when the draw came out? Uh, my heart dropped a little bit because you know how much I love Sloan. But she, who knows? If her foot holds up, uh, Petra is a little shaky in the early rounds of Grand Slams. So if Sloan is focused and is playing good, smart tennis. She might come through. She has a good record against Petra, I think. Yeah, I just love, I love that Sloan's starting to play much better too. We we won a tennis world with Sloan Stevens at the top of the game yeah, for absolutely. sure. Jonah, what's a, a potential first round upset? Sam Sonova played so well to win that title out of nowhere last week. I mean, absolutely amazing. Yeah, you read my mind. Samsonova, I really think that Samsonova could do some major damage. I think when you beat through qualifying all those players who win Berlin, it's a huge moment in your career and can't give any, you anything but confidence. But she's playing Kanepi in the first round, who is also someone I would never want to choose against in the first round. Kanepi loves a big match. I mean, she lives for those matches. She's done it so many times. So yeah, it's a tough draw for Samsonova, but we'll see. I mean, for this section for me has so many players that I really hope to, it does well. I love Madison Keys playing well right now. Jess Pagula has been playing like a superstar all year long. Danielle Collins is back from injury. Uh, she's such a competitor. I love her. I'm such a huge fan of hers. My girl, Madison Brangles in this section, she can do a lot of damage on grass with her quirky game. She's beat Kavitaba before at Wimbledon. So I'm going to be rooting for her big time. She deserves a break. 
who knows? We deserve a Brangle Collins third round. Oh, I would love that. Wow. I would love that as well. I mean, so many. This is the American section. There's 11 Americans in this section of the draw. It's kind of weird, right? kind of wild. All right, guys, let's move on to. Uh, well, before we move on, real quick, pick a name. John, what do we think out of this section? Go with your gut. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Jess Pagula. Her game is perfect for grass. Wild, but I think she might do it. Yeah, not wild. I think a lot of people are picking her right now. Jonah, who are you going with? Who's your semi? I think I'm going to go with Madison Keys. She so showed so much great promise in the grass lead up events, and I think she can find her form. Okay, we're going with American Fourth of July weekend. All right, well, that'll be a good one if that happens. Thanks, guys. Let's go to the very last section of the day. It's, I'm calling this section something old, something new, something Begu, something Lou. <laughs> it has some some goodies in here. I uh, This section has every veteran plane that you absolutely root for in every match. You have Venus, Sam Stoser, Kuznetsova, Sue Shi, Zvonareva, all in this section. Uh, but then, of course, you have Sabalenka, you have Sakari, Siontek is in this section, Jabor. I mean, this is a packed section for sure. Can we start with you, John? What are your thoughts on any of these first round matches? What sticks out to you the most here? Uh, I love that this first round with Venus is very winnable. I'm crossing my fingers she gets through at least one match. I love Jabor. I love watching her play. I love her attitude. I love her press conferences. I think she's great for the game, especially for Africa, too. My fingers are crossed that she kind of comes through. Venus finally got a good draw. I mean, Buzernescu. Yeah, finally. You know, great player, but I mean the prowess that Venus has on grass. I mean, come on, she should definitely win that match. So I was so happy that that came out. Jonah, what are we looking like in this draw besides Venus? Does anything stick out for you that could potentially be a second week kind of name that we'll be watching? I think I have my eyes glued to Sviatek versus Shea in the first round. Same, same, same. Shea has her coach back for the first time since the Australian Open with Todd Woodbridge. And she wants revenge over Sviatek, who... She just played in the French Open in doubles and had seven match points with LSA Mertens against Bethany Maddox-Sands and oh, was not able to close any of those match points out. So if I was Shea, I'd be wanting to absolutely play my 120% best slice game possible. And I think Sviatek has a little bit of, uh, yeah, she's won the, the Wimbledon junior girls titles, but she's never won any main draw matches at this tournament before. So it should be really interesting to see what happens in that round. Of the veterans, obviously Venus sticks out the most, but there's a lot of Grand Slam champions in this section of the draw. Muguruza, another Wimbledon champion. We haven't mentioned her. Do we like Garbine to possibly, uh, a lot of people are picking her right now as a potential favorite. I know she hasn't had a, a big grass court season, but um, of the veterans that I see, you know, my eyes are on Garbine as well. Uh, does anyone agree with me? I do. Yeah, I see her coming through. You know, I, I'd love to see Kuznetsova, maybe her last Wimbledon kind of get through as well. I don't know. I just love a good veteran. Sam Stoser. Ugh, love Sam Stoser. This is another kind of exciting part of the draw to me. Who knows? All right, guys, wrapping up today with the draw, I, I want to know what we're thinking. I want to know where your head's at and where your heart's at, like we did with the men's draw. Jonah, we'll start with you. What is your dream Wimbledon final? Oh, wow. I mean, if I can't choose Venus and Serena, which I totally would. You can. I can. That's a dream final. <laughs> it is yeah. a dream okay. final. However, I have so many dream finals because I love so many players. I think I would love to see Sabalenka reach her, reach something past the fourth round this time and see if she can play Serena in the final. That would be fascinating to me. Okay. And is that what your head's telling you too? You think it's it could be Sabalenka? Okay. It is. Yeah. I, I think she needs a fresh start after a few not so great tournaments. I think that you know, maybe she could find her form here. She has a new boyfriend. So that helps too. Yeah. If your head matches your heart, that's uh, that's very Tinder-esque of you. So yeah. good job. I mean, that's like... Uh, I try. Thank you. That's really good. John, what are we thinking? What's our head telling us? And uh, what's our heart telling us today? God, wait. Is Sloan in the top or the bottom half? Sloan's in the bottom. Oh, dream final is Coco and Sloan. <laughs> 
Well, obviously. Okay, great. <laughs> That's a good... I mean, go 4th of July. I love it. Right, right. So my, my head is saying Serena and God. Um, Serena versus God would be a really good final. I mean, that's <laughs> a- <laughs> Hopefully God lets her win 24. I mean, I'm, I think that's how it's going to happen. That's how we want the history books to be written, right? That'll be it. Uh, let's go ahead and Serena Sabalenka. She comes through this time. She's got a really, really nice looking draw. Okay. All right, guys. Well, that was super fun. I mean, uh, no matter who wins, we get grass court tennis and that's pretty fantastic. I want to thank my guests for joining us today. It was a lot to digest, I know. Our special guest, Coco Vandaway, can be found on Instagram and Twitter at Coco Vandy. And be sure to send her some love and cheer her on this week as she tries for her third Wimbledon quarterfinal. And while you're on Instagram, shoot me a DM at John Garica and let me know who you're a big fan of and who you'd like to see on an upcoming show. Also, don't forget to follow us at Fantastic Tennis Pod or on Twitter at FantennisPod. My name is John Garica, and thank you for listening. This has been fantastic. Thank you.